Art of history. History. Dropping like an apple to the ground. Thank Newton for gravity. Hamilton for the banks. Proud of his legacy. Running around weekly. Starring on Broadway. Washington for his country. The father of his country. Near election day. Running away. From 1789 to 2021. Running around. Running around. Intro to outro. The art of history. Bam. Okay. So... You may be wondering, how come we aren't doing Martin Luther King Jr.? Well, it's because that, well, it's President's Day, and you don't want me doing um, a civil rights reader on President's Day, so we switched to George Washington. And once we finish Washington, we'll get to Martin Luther King Jr., so let's say so how about so imagine this because as you remember every time you start a new story I do are routinely imagine this so imagine it's 1783 so that means no email no iPad no computers no telephone no basically every uh, no TV. Yeah, and no podcasts that you're listening to be on right now. And that would probably be a very boring life, wouldn't it? Yeah, basically people would spend their time going. That's a quill scrabbling. Yeah. Oh, okay, so. So, remember, 1783, so. After seven long years of fighting, the war was finally over. American soldiers had beaten the mighty British Army, Navy, no Air Force. The 13 colonies were independent now, which is New York, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia and Pennsylvania. Oh, ships full of British soldiers had sailed back to England and Yorkshire and Wales and Scotland and Ireland. <laughs> and pretty much everything else in Great Britain. From here on in, no, but he had to obey the most annoying king in history in the universe, King George the Third. There's going to be yeah, a brand new country with 13 United States in 1789 when it came to elect the first president, president who was the number one choice. It's our subject today, and basically the star of the show. George Washington had been the top general throughout the war. Other generals were Alexander Hamilton, John Paul Jones, Jones, Henry Knox, Nathaniel Green, and I'm running out of generals. 
So you get the idea. Yeah. He was not the kind of general who basically just gave orders. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah. And, and then watch the soldiers do the fighting while he just, while the general just sips out and has back the sauces. <laughs> and it, he was often in the thick of battle. Yeah, Washington was never wounded, which means never shot, never stabbed, never, never grazed by a blade. Never on Besides being brave, he was also smart, loyal, honest, and fair. Everything a leader should be. Would the war have been won without him? Many people didn't think so. It is no surprise that he won the first election for president. When he learned the news, he actually wasn't happy. Oh no, he wasn't happy at all. He loved being back in Virginia at Mount Vernon, his his estate. He was 57 years old and hoped to spend the rest of his life there with his wife Martha and their two youngest kids. Youngest grandkids, I could say. They by this by this time both of his stepchildren had died at young ages, but we'll get to those people the, his stepchildren later. And the so as a very worst president, he, so much of the expected of him, and he had to appoint the whole Supreme Court. And it may seem strange to us, seems strange, but Washington was worried that he wasn't up to the job. No, the job of president was not at all to his liking. But hey, you, if you change your mind, all you can do is basically resign. And I don't think he was going to resign and let down the American people. Well, and leave John Adams in charge. And I'm pretty sure he's as good as he needs to be visiting Holland and, and stuff. And being second, the second president and vice president. Sorry, my hands are getting a bit sweaty, so I'm going to blow them off for a minute. But many said that they would only support the new government if George Washington was president. And more than anything, Washington wanted the new government to work. So I said yes and started off for New York and would take the oath of office. That was recent. That we recently that was recently taken by... Joseph R. Biden to be the 46th president. And eventually we'll get to the exact words that you can write down. So if you're ever president, all you need to do is you don't need the Supreme, somebody from the Supreme Court to do it. All you need to do is whip out that paper with kids' handwriting and maybe a few kindergarten scribbles from your little brother. Yeah. Other and it and eat it, but but have the judge check it first, just in case there are a few things that you misunderstand that you know, that turns out 
though, at every stop along the way to New York, York, including Trenton, New Jersey, he, there were parties and parades for him. Just what George didn't want today. Politicians may spend years planning to run for president. Millions of dollars are spent on campaigns. Yet the man who's known as the father of our country felt like a criminal going off to his execution. All I wanted to do was stay home and go fox hunting. So now we're out of out of our imagine this stuff. So now, now, on the night of February 22nd, 1732, Augustine Washington sat sat at a table by candlelight. A family Bible lay open before him. Gus, as everyone called him, was a tobacco farmer in the colony of Virginia with a pen named made from the quill of a turkey. He wrote down the name of his son, George, who had been born that very morning. George's mother, Mary, was Gus's second wife. His first wife had died, leaving him with two teenage sons, and we'll get to one of those later. One night not too long before George was born, born a bolt of lightning shot down the chimney of the Washington's farmhouse. It killed a woman who was visiting Mary. Mary worried that the lightning was a sign of bad luck. It might mean that something was wrong with the baby. But George was a strong, healthy baby. People said he looked like his mother. He grew into a tall, athletic boy who loved to ride horses through the green countryside. Good enough. In later years, he was known as the best horseman in Virginia. Horsey! Okay, okay. Stop, 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 stop. Whoa, whoa. Heed, 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 heed. Heed, 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 heed. Heed, 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 heed. Okay, stop, stop, horsey. I'm hitting you with my spur. Stop, 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 stop. No! Stop, stop, Oh, isn't this the cherry tree that I never chopped down? Woo! It was true. We never chopped down a cherry tree. Yeah. Um, by the way, when George was about seven, the family moved to Theory Farm. It was across the river from Fredericksburg, Virginia. And about 130 years later, they, they, Fredericksburg would be a battle in, would be a battle in the Civil War. By this time, George had a younger sister, Benny, and three younger brothers, Samuel, John, and Charles. People said George and Betty looked a lot alike. As a grown woman, Betty would do funny imitations of her famous brother. There isn't any information about how George and his father got along, 
but we do know he wasn't very close to his mother. Mary Washington was a cold, bossy woman. All of George's friends were scared to her. Strangely, she never took pride in her old son, even not even after he his letters to her would begin honored madame instead of dear mother and he never introduced his wife to her so now remember when i said said that he remember when you we were pretending that remember when we were remember when we were like remember when remember when we were doing that that what George is riding around this attic, attic and crashed into that cherry tree. Well, t- well, many generations of school children have learned the story of George Washington chopping down a cherry tree on his family's farm. And and here's his dad. Oh, oh, my cherry tree. Who would do such a terrible thing? Yeah. And, and then... And then George confessed right away. Ah, I cannot tell a lie. I, it was I who chopped it down, and no other thief. Or however they, or however he used thief, because it's hard. The story showed how honest George was as a small boy. The story, however, was entirely made up. Yeah, it wasn't made up. Now can somebody get my back out of the bark of this cherry tree? By the way, that I never chopped down. We got to that fact, George. Oh, thanks. And did I mention we we know? Mm. And oh, so. And I just want to say that I. Actually didn't. We know, George. You actually didn't cut down a cherry tree. Oh, thanks. Okay. Could I address that? No. <laughs> so, soon after Washington's death in 1799, a man named Mason Locke Weems wrote a book about the first president. Weems wanted Washington to seem perfect, so he made up stories such as the one about the cherry tree. It took more than a hundred years before the truth came out about the untruthful book, about the book of lies. So, you may be wondering, if you didn't love his mom, who do you love most? Yeah, who did, who did you love most than his mom? Okay, okay, Frederick, one, one is one, we're getting to that. And two, Frederick Douglass, what are you doing in this episode? Um, I thought it was Mom's turn. Um, I don't know when you're going to put you on this episode, but it's not going to be today. Sure, I could have been me a little speech because I'm going to kiss a wheat dick. Frederick Douglass, you're going to be on a future episode. Oh, but this is a can I give speech to the audience? Um, how do I say this to somebody from Maryland because I'm in Pennsylvania? No. Yeah, you can say any in your episode. Okay. 
So, the person he loved best in the world was his kind half-brother, Lawrence. Lawrence was Gus's oldest son. He was 14 years older than George. Lawrence had gotten to school in England and learned Greek and Latin. So, so to him, the saying, it's all Greek to me, wouldn't make sense because he wouldn't know Greek. And if he said, it's all Latin to me, to him, um, that still wouldn't work. It's all Spanish to me, probably worked. It's all French to me, probably wouldn't work. Because even in those is in those days, French was one of the most commonly spoken languages. So, I what I was saying, Lawrence knew how to dress like a gentleman and act like a gentleman. Yeah, did I? What is with the interruptions? Lawrence, I wouldn't like to break it to you, but I'd like to tell you this. This episode is about your half-brother, George, not you. Yeah, I'm Literally. I'm Literally. sorry, but you know this episode, and, uh, well, just get out of here. Okay. So, there wasn't enough money to send George off to, to England. Yeah, yeah and it brings her on. George, how... George, why do you keep at interrupting? Good Not Douglas again. And uh, all- Douglas, just... Just get, get, get here. Just get, just get to the... Just get to the actor's lounge. We don't need... Uh, we don't need. Okay, so instead, he, you George was taught at home, probably by his father and Lawrence. George was great at math. Anything with numbers came easily to him, but he was a terrible speller. Okay, you're amazing. Um, A M E C. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could spell amazing that terrible, but I'm just trying to do something. So, his. I don't have to pull too. K O O O S. Jack, maybe. Jack, can you get George out of that cherry tree and maybe just tie him up in the basement? Oh, sure. Hey, hey, I have something for you. How about a sandwich? Oh, I love sandwiches. How about a knuckle one? Oh, no, no, no. Bye. Okay, so is it, okay, so, I know you're saying, George is now tied up in, is now tied up in our basement, and he, he won't be, he won't be coming up. Up the secret panel we've got until we actually need him. Do, do, do. Oh, oh no. no. The music players are back. Um, uh, wait a minute. I think 
running away from something. I think they're running away from something. Wait. Good. At least it's not towards our house. That was a close one. Yeah. So, when George was 11, his father died. From time to time, George was invited for long visits to Mount Vernon. This is the home of Lawrence and his new bride, Anne Fairfax, who was one of the, the rich, who belonged to one of the richest families in all of colonial Virginia. George loved it over in Mount Vernon. Okay. So, who... And in 1746, George was asked to move in for good, and off he went. He was happy to, who to get? He was probably happy too to get away from his mother. So at Mount Vernon, a whole new world opened up for George. Now he was mixed with the richest families of Virginia, and he went fox hunting into fancy balls. He was shy and a little awkward, and George wanted to. Who fitted very badly. So he took dancing lessons. I think like the marriage type of dancing, not like the ballerina dancing. So imagine like him in a tri-corner hat and all the... That's... So Mount Vernon was made up of five farms. And it's... And it was... And it was close to the, and it was close to the Potomac River. So George also took fencing lessons and learned about music. He wore nicer clothes. He also wrote himself a long list of rules about good manners. One of the rules was not spitting into a fire while meat was being cooked in it. Another rule was to avoid killing fleas and lice in the presence of other people. That would be like, like, so I guess that's considered rude, killing fleas or lice in the presence of other people. Lawrence's in-laws, the Fairfaxes, were one of the as I was saying, the richest, one of the richest families in Virginia, that they owned huge tracts of land. There are no maps yet of the west part of the colony, so people often hired surveyors. A surveyor's job is to measure and mark property boundaries. It was a perfect job for George. He loved the outdoors, was quick at math, and he needed to earn money. Besides no maps, there were no roads in Western Virginia. It was wild, basically wilderness, wilderness, wilderness. So as a surveyor, George lived a tough life. For weeks on end, he'd wear the same clothes. Well, well that is really He would sleep on the ground along with other hired men cook over an open fire, and try to steer clear of hostile bands of Native Americans. Okay, that isn't real Native Americans coming at us.
Or is it? Okay, it is. <coughs> or is it? Okay, can we stop with the or is it? So, even as a young man, George had teeth problems. They caused him a great deal of pain. By the time he became president, he only had one real tooth left. That is gross. And kind of awkward, but mostly gross. Mm-hmm. So, there's story. Imagine what he would hear like. I think he hear he heard fine. Just um a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. I'm talking about how he spoke. Um would that sound really weird? Oh, and so they pushed out his lips in an unnatural way. Why? So, there are also stories about a set of Washington's teeth being made out of wood. But that isn't true. Often, most often, ivory from elephants, hippos, and other animals were used. The teeth were set into a metal base with heavy springs, not only painful to wear, but the false teeth made it difficult to eat. So if I had liked applesauce, I probably would have sticked with that. Stuck with that, but he, but because, of, but Washington loved pancakes and, it, and because of his teeth, they, Martha cut them in strips, so they would, so it was easier for him to eat. So this is how I usually eat pancakes. I basically like stick my fork. So first, I drown it in syrup, and then basically stick my fork in and basically try to figure out a way to get a chunk off. I eat that. Basically, that process continues until I can eat it in one bite. Then I stick the fork in it. And just take and it. here's how I eat my pancakes. I have two pancakes. Put apple butter on each one, or I could put it on one, and then I smush them together. Ta-da! You got a pancake sandwich. And that's how I eat my pancakes. Hey George, can you come can you come out from under the panel and be and and get and uh, and tell us how you eat your pancakes? Okay. Can we reel? Can we reel the robot faster? We're gonna fast forward. Okay, George. So how do you eat your pan? So, or or wait, we went too far. Let's rewind. Perfect. So, so George, how do you eat your pancakes? Well, you could say I eat them. I I am the mom. I'm a lot cut them in strips, and then eat them. Okay, just okay. So sorry, George, but you're going back under the trail. What?
So, oh, no, no. So since, so since the teeth, the one, the ivory teeth, he pushed out his lips in an unnatural way, and that embarrassed Washington. So painting, so painting. No wonder paintings of him as an older man never saw him. Smiling. And now one set of Washington's false teeth is displayed at Mount Vernon. It's one of the most popular exhibits. George grew to be a broad-shouldered me and in reddish-brown hair. He wore to the ponytail. At six foot two, he was off and the tallest person in the group. His hands and feet were huge. Except for his bad teeth, he was in excellent health. In excellent health. Lawrence, unfortunately, had much more serious health problems. He developed a terrible cough. In the hope that at, at warm weather might help his brother, George and Lawrence sailed to the coast of, of Barbados, off Venezuela, which is a South American country that borders Urs. Colombia, I believe it borders Brazil, but I can't be sure. It, sure. And, and that might be. So, the, so the, the, this, the voyage to Barbados what was Washington's only trip outside in North America. But Lawrence's Lawrence's health didn't improve. And George came down with smallpox, a deadly disease that is now that is now almost eradicated. The only living smallpox germs are are concealed in labs, and the only other smallpox germs that are not in labs will 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 be in the hands of terrorists. But let's not think about that because so back to Washington. So. George survived, but Lawrence died in se at the age of 34 with George in 1752 at, with George at his bedside. It was a terrible blow for George. He was only 20 and he had lost the person he loved most. George Washington had not only loved Lawrence, he respected him. Lawrence had been an officer in the militia. Militia is a group of part-time soldiers who are not part of a regular army. Now Lawrence's post was open, and George took his brother's place. It was the early 19, 1750s. For some time, France and England had been fighting over land in the Ohio River Valley. The problem was simple. Both countries wanted to control it. The French built many forts in the area. They wanted to keep British colonists hemmed in on the east coast. 
George Washington is sent to deliver a warning to the French. Abandon the forts at once. The French, the French ignored the message. Still, the trip was an important one for George. Along with a small band of men, he traveled through a thousand miles of wilderness. He crossed two ranges of mountains. He got thrown off a crude route into an icy river. Okay, so... We are going to... So, by now, we have retrieved George from the river and put him in front of the space heater in order to get the ice off his uniform. The the water was so cold that his clothes froze solid. True story. So, so, not a lie. So, we had to, so, so, we had to, so, we have to turn turned up to 90 to melt it off. Yeah. And he made it ho- home safely and was promoted for his bravery. He wrote a, a journal about his travels that appeared in newspaper. The, ju- uh, the journal of Major George Washington made him famous. A few months later, he was sent back to the Ohio River Valley. This time, he, there were more than 150 men with him. They were to build a fort. The French and British were not openly at war, but when Washington's men came upon French soldiers, a shot, a shot rang out. Which side began the began the began the attack? To this day, no one is sure who started it. But while Washington lost none of his men, ten French soldiers were killed. Among them was their leader. That was all it took to spark a real war between the French and British. Soon, 800 French soldiers along with 400 Native Americans attacked Washington's much smaller army. A hundred of his men died. What choice did he have except to surrender? He and his men were not taken prisoner. Instead, they had to abandon their fort and return home. For George, the the feat was a big blow. All his life, he was concerned about his image. He wanted to appear brave and honorable. Surrender was embarrassing. Yet once again, he was praised for his leadership. His career as a soldier was taking off. Next, he became the aide of the British general in charge of chasing out the French from the Ohio Valley. Now, George Washington had led, up to now, Washington had led American soldiers. Now he was to serve alongside the tough, fearsome redcoats. This was a nickname for soldiers in the British Army because of the bright red coats they wore. The general assembled a mighty force of 2,000 men to attack one of the largest French forts. In Europe, Enemy armies met face to face in open fields. Line after line of troops would march straight toward each other, or fire, basically just shooting at, shooting at each other, and made the best men to win. Washington warned the British general that the fighting was done differently in America. The enemy would about the redcoats from all sides. The French and Native Americans would attack from the woods. They would stay hidden behind trees and rocks. The general refused to listen. The redcoats would attack as they would be 
as they had been trained to. The result was a crushing disaster for the British. Soldiers on horseback were bound down by hidden French and Indian horse, French and Native American forces. Soon, hundreds of redcoats lay dead. As, as, er, Washington four musket shots tore through his coat. His hat was shot off his head. So he decided to to retreat. Retreat. He was like, so he was basically like, like my horse. And he got on his horse, and that horse was shot. So then he got on another horse, and that horse was shot. Then he got on another horse, and that horse got shot. Then he got on another horse, and that one was fine. Ended up fine. The general wasn't so lucky. He died from battle wound. So Washington was, took command of all the frontier forces. He was only 22 years old. For five years, he helped build more than 80 forts in the Ohio River Valley. For five years, he fought against French troops as well as hostile bands of Native Americans. As In the end, the British won what became known as the French and Indian War. The colonists that the treaty was pretty lopsided, and it basically kicked the French out of North America forever, even though that didn't happen. And because in the Louisiana, is by the time the is is in the Louisiana Purchase, I guess that the I guess that that Spain's so, or or possibly Britain's old oh, some land, France, and the and basically and the and the and the Americans bought it, but that's not in the Washington's lifetime. So colonists were now free to move west and sell the rich lands in the Ohio River Valley. George had seen enough of war. He gave up his command and returned to Virginia. His brother Anne Fairfax had died. She had no living kids. So now Vernon now belonged to George. George. So he could basically just so he could basically just sit around sipping a soda can, a soda can, and from 1990 and 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 have native Hawaiians, Hawaiians singing their language. Who was a duke? Who wasn't stuff? And George would basically be sitting around with popcorn. So, at a dance, George met a, a very rich young wood, uh, wood, uh, with two young kid children. His name was Mar- Marva Custis. Okay, so I think that will be where we'll stop. So, let's hear another ra- round of the theme song. 
are of history, history, trampling it up to the ground like Newton Gravity, Hamilton for the banks. Pharaoh's legacy run around weekly stone on Broadway. Washington for his country, the father was country. Near election day, run away from 17 in and 2021. Run around, run around, and show the outro, the art of history. Bam! Okay, so before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to two of my listeners. Number one, my listeners from the U.S. So, if you know anybody in Russia, please tell them about the podcast, if you like, because that would be incredibly helpful to help it, to help expand the podcast to, like, Ukraine, Belarus. Belarus, Bruce, Poland, Tunlavita, Mongolia. And I want to shout out to my Indian friends to, to spread it to China. Because we still don't have any China listeners, which is very surprising. And I would also like my Indian listeners to know that if you know anyone in Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, basically anywhere in the basically anywhere that Nepal, where where it's border that borders Earth, India, including Sri Lanka, uh, to please. Uh, so please tell them about the podcast because that would really help it spread. And I don't know what happened to Sri Lanka. What would happen? And what? How we? How we would get something to border Sri, Sri Lanka? Uh, I think we'll figure it out. But so, uh, bye.